With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live on SENSA, welcome to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life and My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Tuesday night, it's Eagles Radio time. We are here at Studio Lumo, number one King William Street. All thanks to My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. My name's Paul Bonza. Alongside me, I've got a very special guest host tonight, the man number two, Jimmy Tumpus. Jimmy, welcome to Eagles Radio. Thank you, Bonds. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you in and ho- co-hosting tonight. I'm looking forward to it. How are the nerves? Like a bit, bit like a game day or a bit less than that? You know what? A little bit more than a game day. I think I've done game day enough times to feel comfortable in that setting. Uh, this is a little bit foreign, but it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So far, a good start. You haven't sworn. Uh, let's. If you want to speak to Jimmy, get on the phone, one 736 736 If you've got a question for him, you can also text through your questions to Jimmy or to me or anything you want to say about the Eagles. 0427 154 166. And uh, we might have a $50 voucher for 722 Bar and Bistro for the best caller or text. Now, Jimmy, let's have a look at the state game first. It was a great... Uh, a great win by the Sandful team over there in Perth off the stadium. 10 10 70 to the Waffle, 9 12 66. Uh, our blokes went okay, didn't they? They played really well. I think all five of the boys contributed exceptionally well, uh, probably led by Riley Knight in the midfield, but they all had their moments. Um, a real special moment was seeing Zane Williams debut um, from where he's come from about six to 12 months ago to, to playing state footy. It's uh, a pretty special achievement for him, I would have thought. So what? So let's touch on Zane. Last year, he, he wasn't a regular league player. He played a few games here and there. This year, he's come in. He looks a completely different player um, to me. He looks like he's matured five years in the space of six months. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. He has. He's come on leaps and bounds. He's one of the most professional young kids I've seen from a football perspective uh, in a long time. Uh, and it's a test to him on how he's playing at the moment. Yeah, Zane, like you touched on, hadn't been playing much league footy last year. And I think he played 10 games in and out, had no continuity. And, and he would probably admit this as well. Wasn't playing the best reserves football, so wasn't even getting a look in. And over the preseason, went to work, put on five or six kilos, doesn't actually drink alcohol as well. So you can see the level of professionalism he has. So he was a drinker and no, then decided... No, no, never has. Oh, never, never has. has. No, nah, okay. nah, nah, which is different at, at a sample yeah. club. A lot of the boys like having a few beers. So Zane, um, yeah, sometimes misses out on a couple of things, but it just goes to show how, how level-headed the, the young kid is and um, gets picked in the state side and, and played a ripping game. Yeah, kicked a couple of goals. Also, uh, Dan Menzel kicked a couple of goals. Um, Casey Voss won the Foss Williams medal for best on ground. Riley Knight, very unlucky. 
He had it. He oh, had I'm a bit flat for Riley. I reckon he yeah. was. Uh, maybe it's the biased opinion of being an Eagles. And that's player. okay. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. I think he was exceptional. I mean, Casey Voss, particularly at halftime, I think he was the standout. Um, and I guess the way the game flowed, he probably faded out of the game a little bit. But Nida had 37, I think, and close to 10 clearances, close to 10 tackles. He was exceptional. Yeah, I thought Joe Sinor was very good as well. Um, yeah. Especially late in the game. He showed a lot of composure and. And played a pretty pretty important part in the win. Uh, just touching back on Riley Knight, how good has his form been this year as well? Yeah, he's, very he's good. been he's been elite and well, he's probably leading the best and fairest, you'd think. Yeah, I would have thought he'd be right up there. Uh, absolutely. Um he's been super consistent and and I think the biggest thing, I mean, we all know how good of a player he is, but the buy in he has around the group day to day, week to week, um, outside of game day has been exceptional. So um, yeah, his form has been outstanding, and I would have thought he'd be featuring pretty heavily in the McGarry medal as well. All right, not only do we have you co-hosting tonight, Jimmy, we have probably the biggest guests we might have ever had on Eagles Radio. It's a big call. It is- I've been on this show as a guest as well. <laughs> Kim Dillon. Kimbo is going to join us uh, later in the show. So we're going to talk about his Eagles footy, uh, how he started footy growing up, um, his media career as well. So Kimbo has uh, been kind enough to donate some of his time, which is rare in itself, <laughs> but he will uh, be here for a half an hour with us. So we appreciate uh, that. So don't, don't go anywhere. Kim Dillon coming up, the former Eagle. And uh, we've got a caller on the line. Mark from Grange is here and wants to probably ask you a question, Jimmy. Mark, how are we going? Welcome to Eagles Radio. Okay. So haven't <laughs> we haven't got Mark just yet. He's, he'll be with us shortly. Um, Let's talk about you for, Let's a, for a while. Absolutely. Let's do that. I'm sure you won't mind. Um, <laughs> but before we get to you, Mark's there now, so we better we better uh, have a chat to Mark. Mark, welcome to Eagles Radio. How are you going? Good, thank you. Uh, what do you got uh, for I us, my friend? Ask, I was going to ask the star in the in the studio there, which one was his best premiership, the early one or the late one Gee, in that's, his life? That's a good question. I think 2011, when I won my first one, Mark, I was probably a bit naive to it. I was only 17 and didn't really understand what Sanford footy was about. I mean, looking back, it was obviously extremely special. Um, I think 2020 and 2021 um, probably meant a little bit more to me. I understood the heritage and history of Eagles and Sanford and how hard it is to actually do that. So I'd probably say they're all extremely amazing, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be 2021, I reckon, last year's. Well, Jimmy, all I, all I can say to you is if they got the all Greek foot, footy side, you'll be in it. <laughs> There's not that much selection, I would have thought, but I appreciate that, Mark. That's very yeah. kind of you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, Mark. Mate. Cheers, Mark from Grange there. Um, you'd be captain of that side, surely. What a thought. So, me and Kuda, I reckon. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he, might, he might just get you. Right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, let's talk about your season. You've had some injury issues. Now, you started off, uh, you had some Achilles problems before the start of the season. Yeah, I did. Um, I had ankle surgery at the back end of last season, so I carried that through um, and, and got a little clean up. And then, yeah, like you, you touched on, Bonds had a Achilles injury and surgery uh, about three months ago now. So I was probably inhibited for the first few few weeks of the season um, and actually came back through the reserves in round four or five and um, was actually due to play another Reserves game, but Kobe much went down with COVID against Glenelg on Anzac Day. So um, unfortunately for him, but I guess fortunately for me, I was back into the league team um, and ended up playing some pretty solid footy and was happy with my game and, and ended up getting another knock to my calf, which has put me out for about three weeks. So I'm hoping to 
be back over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it's been a bit so frustrating. Not, not this week? Oh, I'd say unlikely for this right. week. Um, yeah, I'll probably try and get through training tomorrow, but at this stage, I'd say unlikely. Okay. That's a little bit disappointing. It I was, is. I, but a, apart from the the calf injury, the rest of your body's fine. You're feeling good. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's given me a good chance to go away and work on some other things. Um, I had some, you know, hip, groin, core issues last year and even the year before that as well. So I've started Pilates this year and started some different sort of conditioning and strength to to get myself sorted and actually feel really good. Like that, that Glenelg game, I, I ran out really well and felt fantastic post-game other than the corky I got. So yeah, physically, I feel really good. I'm just looking forward to getting it back out there. What's what's your favourite thing about playing at the Eagles? Yeah, what do you what do you sure love about the club? I know there's a lot to love. There's, you know, one thing that springs to mind like straight away as soon as you ask that question is Mike Winnan. He's an absolute ripper. So Mike's our head trainer. He's been there for, gee whiz, I don't know, 30, 40 years. He's absolute uh, heartbeat of that footy club. And you walk into the trainer's room, which hasn't changed, mind you, in the last 30 years no. as well. Um, walk in, he's there, smile on his face, taping up the boys, um, doing his thing. He's an absolute champion and, and the boys love him. Um, I mean, it is a very family orientated football club as well. And I know a lot of clubs preach that, but I think that might be, um, I don't think it means as much to them as it does to us. And that's part of our culture. And that's why we get so many players returned to our footy club is because of that culture. And was it, was it a no brainer for you after your AFL career just to come back to the club? Oh, it wasn't even a question. And actually, you know what? I've got a bone to pick with Powley because (laughs) the prelim 2017, when I was playing at Port Adelaide, um, I was playing for the Magpies as a prelim. We were playing against Woodville and he actually came up to me pre-game and said, uh, mate, you had a great year, blah, blah. I was out of contract at the time from an AFL perspective. And he said, you know, if things don't work out, then we'd love to have you back at the Eagles. I actually ended up getting another AFL contract. So yeah. it was 12 months early. I didn't really appreciate that. But <laughs> but uh, in hindsight, um, I was always going to come back to Woodville and there was never other um, option for me. All right. Tell the listeners about your job. Uh, yeah. You work with um, the AFL Players Association yeah, and you're the rep here for South Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah really, really exciting, really, really, really rewarding job as well and absolutely love it. So work for the AFLPA base here in SA, working with Port Adelaide and, and Adelaide, uh, both male and female players and all past players that, that are based here in SA. Um, I mean, it, it is a very broad role and that's what I love about it so much. Every day is so different. Um, I help players from an off-field development point of view, what they want to do from a career progression. And I think what I find the most important is actually help players transition out of the game as well. So when players get delisted, um, I'll work with them for really closely for six to 12 months to try and help them navigate their their, their life post-football because it is very difficult and challenging and causes a lot of anxiety and stress for a lot of people. So it's really enjoyable, um, a lot of challenges and um, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly loving it. What about new players coming into the competition? And obviously with Port Adelaide AFLW team coming in, there'll be a lot of new girls coming into an AFL system. Um, is is there a, I guess, a, a, a AFL school that you, it's some sort of training that they get initially when they come into the club or is that handled by the clubs? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. It's in both forms. So the clubs are fantastic at it now in, in inducting their players into the AFL industry. We actually run an induction program for all first year players, both male and female and cater it towards their specific needs as well. So yeah, we actually, we absolutely do um, run an induction program uh, of six sessions. So it's just educating them on different things and then, a prep for AFL as well. So yeah, it's, it's a great question. Really important to get them up to speed with what their other players and teammates have, have um, learned as well. 
Do you get involved when there's issues in the media as well? Um, <laughs> is there, do the players, players association play a part in that? Or again, is it, is it mainly the clubs? No, we, I mean, you, you look at what's topical at the moment, particularly in the AFLW space is the CBA. Yeah. Um, and absolutely we, we play a role in that. And it's more, I guess, the education piece on what's facts and what's not a lot of the time um, and, and trying to deliver the most recent and up-to-date messages to the players as possible so there's no confusion. Um, I just walked into a, walked out of, sorry, before coming to this, uh, a meeting with all the playing groups around the competition from an AFL perspective on the CBA and updating them on where things are at. So, yeah, that is critical because there is obviously a lot written on, on AFL, both in the men's and, and W space. So keeping them up to date with things and what's actually facts is, is really important. Fantastic. Um, you're obviously enjoying it. You, how, how long have you been there now? Just under 12 months. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to be back into footy, but not from a playing perspective. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Um, now, we've got to plug a couple of things, Jimmy, before we go uh, to the first break. And Kim Dillon coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere. Hospital Research, longest table home match lunch, and it's on the 18th of June. This will be fantastic. The Eagles are taking on Centrals that day as well, as Kimbo is dancing up and down the corridor. Can't wait to get in the studio. Um, $65 ahead, and we're raising money for the Hospital Research Foundation. They are the Eagles' charity partner. There'll be silent auctions, raffles. So make sure you book early for this. Book a table, the home match luncheon, for the Hospital Research Foundation longest table home match lunch, 18th of June, Eagles take on the dogs, uh, 65 bucks. That's pretty cheap, and for a, for a lunch, and there'll be guest speakers and and lots of things, and and again, raising money for a fantastic charity. Fantastic charity, yeah. They're obviously charity sponsors of uh, partners with us at the Eagles, so um, love their work. All right, it's quarter time here, and after the break, we've got the man himself, the former Eagle. Now, superstar at SEN, Kim Dillon. What were those dance moves, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Eagles Radio on a Tuesday night, Paul Bonza and special guest host Jimmy Tumpus with you. All thanks to Incredible Smiles, missing teeth or dentures, see Incredible Smiles today. Now, thanks to BCE and CJ Electrical, they are proud partners of the Woodville West Torrens Footy Club. We have a huge guest in the studio. Massive. He's got his own chair. It's uh, He's sitting here. Kim Dillon, welcome to Eagles Radio. Uh, thanks very much for having me, Bonds, and the Tump. I'm humbled to be in your presence. Uh, it's good. All right, let's let's start at the beginning. Let's go back to your early days where you started playing your junior footy. Um, and, uh, yeah, where did it all start for you? Uh, well, I was a Mad West Torrent supporter growing up. Um, I grew up in Greenacres, so I played for Greenacres initially. And uh, we started in the under-7s, I think. Then it went to the under-9s, under-11s, etc. Um, then uh, it was the days where we had zones. So, and I wanted to play for Torrens because we'd play in the juniors and the under sevens, under nines. And I'd go with my brother, sister, mum and dad. We'd go to Thebe every week to watch them play or wherever they were playing. But because of the zones, I was always going to be at North Adelaide. And um, I tried to live with my grandparents to try and get around the rule. As a 12, 13 year old, I moved into, they lived at James Street, Thebeton. And uh, I lasted about a week there because they were a little <laughs> bit strict. But uh, that's where it all started. And um, yeah, it was great. I love footy like we all did. Talk to us. You mentioned North Adelaide. You started at North. 
Talk to us about those days and then how you actually ended up at the Eagles. Well, I got sacked. Uh, that's how I ended up at the Eagles. <laughs> oh, North, yeah. North Adelaide sure was story. good. Well, we played juniors, so we played in the under-17s, the under-19s. I think in my first year in the under-19s, I got put up to the reserves for a few games. So that's the first exposure to playing against men. Um, and it was very different competition back then, Tom, because the reserves was a, a really, oh, I say this, politely, if you know Bonds, you can back me up. It was a very high standard and there weren't the younger players that are in the competition now. You know, there's some really hard seasoned footballers that would go up and back from the seniors and down. Um, yeah, so I, I debuted um, against uh, South Adelaide. Uh, it was back in 78, towards the end of the season. I stood a, a man called Ron Hately, who had just got best on ground for South Australia against WA, which is quite ironic given mm. we just beat them. And because um, I used to do athletics, so aerobically I was pretty good. And Barry Robram was our coach. And uh, he said, everywhere he goes, you go with him. And I, I did that to the nth degree. At quarter time, I went over to their huddle. <laughs> you know what it's like, Jimmy? You're just so pumped in your first game. Yeah. And uh, it's a dream come true. And, yeah, so I got a few kicks that day and um, got reported in my second game. And then uh, went back to the reserves. There were two games left in that season. Went back to the reserves and then... 79, we had a pretty good year under Barry Robber in a game. We missed the finals just by percentage. And then Mick Noonan came along in 81, I think, and sacked me. Brilliant. And yeah. you did mention that the, the standard of the reserves comp was quite good at that point in time. Yeah. Is that you trying to justify your reserves McGarry medal and, and how good you were at that point? Or? Well, I think, well, given Bruce Linder won one as well, I think you have to be fairly special, Jimmy. You were, you were waiting for that little oh, singer, was, weren't you? Oh, well, I really wanted you to get into that. Bonds would know. I, I actually don't talk about it very often because it was frustrating. Mind you, I, I had knee problems and I wasn't fit as I should have been. I was at Torrens at the time. But I think I only played about 14 games that year. But um, in the last game that I played before going back up in the league side, we played North Adelaide. And I kicked eight three from centre, so and that actually won the won me the medal. There you go. Gee, so you, you, what are your thoughts and, and recollections on on that McGarry medal that that night in particular? Oh, look, it was it was nice to win it, but it was a frustrating year because I think it was my first or second year at Torrens, and I was just when all my knee problems started. So it's really hard going to a new club, and you know, like being drafted and, and going to Melbourne, you you want to press, impress, and show your best, and uh, I, I couldn't. It was the start of a Really frustrating run of injuries. But, um, you know, obviously I felt comfortable at the lower level in reserves and believed in my ability there. Plus, you can you can cheat a bit at that grade as well, where you should get exposed when you go up the next level. All right. Uh, Mario's text in um, saying that, uh, Kim, you might have been poached by the Eagles uh, with a brown paper bag full of hair products. Mario. Yeah, very good on you, Mario. Do you ever sleep, Mario? <laughs> um, yeah, you yeah, had the street, hair streaked uh, when I was younger and uh, yeah. some time after. That was my sister who did that. Well, you're going well because you got a lot more than me. Um, mate, uh, you went to the Eagles and you got the number 17 jumper, the mm. Lindsay Head jumper. Yeah, I'm not sure um, he's happy about that. <laughs> did you ask for that or were you just yeah, given I that did. number? Or uh, The first year I was there, Bonds, and you were there as a trainer. And just so you know, Tom, uh, Bonds used to do a little bit of side hustling. Um, he was a Still DJ. Still doing a bit. <laughs> and uh, he was DJ at my engagement party and my wedding. She is. Yeah. So um, about, wow. when I went there, I had number 21 to start with uh, in the first year. And then the next year, number 17 became free. Mark Hewitt was wearing it and he yep. went to Glenelg. Shame. So, yeah, I grew up idolising idolizing, uh, Lindsay Head when I was a little kid. My mum knitted a West Torrance jumper. 
and uh, Dad drew the eagle and Mum cut it out, the yellow felt, and used to run around everywhere with that. So, uh, yeah, I asked if I could have 17. Now, you just quickly, you, you just said that you're not sure Lindsay was happy with that. How, surely he didn't. Didn't care, did he? Did he or did he? Did, did you know him? <laughs> no, not no. I never met Lindsay. <laughs> no, in fairness to Lindsay, and he was such a superstar, and he was a three-time McGarry medalist. That happened in my, you know, when I was a little kid. Um, the West Orange Football Club were going to put the jumper away forever. No one was to wear seventeen again. So I think he was disappointed. I don't know the dynamics of how that changed, but I think he was disappointed that the number wasn't right. put away forever. But there was a gentleman they recruited, I believe, I wasn't at the club at the time, a big ruckman from uh, someone that couldn't make it in the VFL, Barry McKenzie, I think his name was. He wore it initially, then Mark Hewitt wore it, so I didn't think it was a big deal. Mm. But Lindsay would often remind me prior to a game, <laughs> don't forget whose number you're wearing. <laughs> oh, I love that. And and you're touching on a couple of players now, and I love this question because I, I, I really appreciate the sample history. I'd love to know some of the best players you've played with and against as well. Best player I ever saw, Tump, was uh, Barry Robran, and I got to play a couple of games with him when he came back from his horrific knee injury, and he wasn't at his best then. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play against uh, the late and great Russell Ebert. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys at Torrens that were wonderful players were Lee Robson in my era, um, Ian Hanna, Bruce Lindsay, mm-hmm. and Bruce was a wonderful player, went on to play state football and be an inaugural crow, but you would know Bonds. He was never the player he was prior to his knee reconstruction, mm-hmm. He was just a superstar as a kid. So those were the players. And we look, uh, Peter Johnson, we had a lot of players that came. We recruited from Victoria as well. I think the reason we didn't have success was we just didn't have a lot of depth. And the club was always struggling financially nearly every year. You know, you'd have a contract and then there'd be a meeting. Oh, you're only going to get 60% of your pay this year or something like that. Um, but there are a lot of good players around. And I remember in 85 when we really started getting pillaged as a state, um, after 85, like I was playing against Stephen Kernahan, Tony McGuinness, mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were all recruited, uh, Mark Naley. Um, there were so many good players in South Australia at the time. Yeah, and you touched on the money, and I know it's quite topical at the moment, particularly in Sample. What was the money pay or, or the situation regarding salary for Sample players back then? Well, I had the gift of the gab. I had one good year at Torrens. I managed to negotiate a reasonable deal. So I think... Back in the day, I hope I'm right here. <laughs> I think uh, they, they paid my uh, my rent for a while. Uh, that yes. was part of my deal. And uh, I think I was on 800 a game, which was good money. Bloody oath it is. Back, back then, but that was money. per game. I might try to pay you about getting my rent paid or, <laughs> or, or mortgage paid. 800 or four, I don't know. I lose track of it. It sounds a lot of money now, but uh, yeah, it, was good, it was good money at the time. Just every now and again, Kim, you mentioned a certain a certain memory that you have about playing with the Eagles. And I might just have a little snapshot of it here. Siren must go any minute. We've played 29 and a half minutes. This could win it for Torrens. It's home! And the picture tell us all. The Revs almost come off the ground. Didn't even mention my name. I know, it's a bit disappointing, <laughs> but that was you kicking a check side goal at Thebby. Tell us about that. Uh, well, I can guarantee you there was not even daylight between the sticks. <laughs> Uh, that's a fact. I was on the fence at the northern end, left, left forward pocket. The late and great David Hooks was up in the cricket club rooms at the time, which used to be in the right forward pocket at that end. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, as time goes past, people always say it was the goal after the siren. There was actually, I think, nine seconds remaining. Uh, we were five points down. And uh, they're, they're great memories. I think every kid dreams of kicking the winning goal. 
And uh, I believe in the footy gods. And I was on my last legs then, even though I was only 25. I knew there wasn't much left in the tank. And, um, and the footy gods looked after me. And it was a bloody good night at the club that night. I tell you, Bonds, it was, yeah. a, it was a ripper. And the thing is, though, um, that put us to third place on the ladder. One game clear in third place at round 12 in the season. And we finished ninth again. Amazing. Yeah. So I had five years at Torrens, I think it was. And, um, yeah, I think it was five seasons. And we finished ninth every year. Thanks to Anthony for uh, flicking that that, uh, uh, that audio was... through to me. And he might have just texted in to ask, us about, ask you about that certain goal. Oh, right. Well, thank you for that. Oh, yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, here we go. I can read it. I feel yeah. like I'm doing our normal show. <laughs> One of my all-time favourite football moments, Kim Dillon kicking a match-winning Checkside goal against Glenelg at Thebanon Oval in 1985, I think. Ben from Lower... Mitchum was a bloody ripper, and you talk about uh, you talk about Headsy, you talk about Lindsay Head. He came up to me, and I, I thought the great man's just gonna wrap his arms around me. And he walked up and he said, "I knew you'd kick that." And I, I thought, "Oh, what? Because I'm skilled, I'm gifted, I showed composure." And uh, he just said, "Cause you're wearing my number." <laughs> <laughs> Took the credit from from one high to a bit of a low here, Kimbo. I mean. You obviously did your ACL. Uh, what are your re- recollections of that and how difficult was that to go through? Um, my knee injuries uh, actually weren't ACL. A lot of people thought that was the case, Tump. I had my cartilages removed at a young age, which they used to do a lot in those days, mm-hmm. and it became bone on bone very quickly. And uh, the worst thing, I was getting fractures in my base of my femur and the top of my tibia. So basically, like, you can see, you put your knuckles together mm-hmm. like that. You know how it works. Yep. And... Um, and because I used to do athletics as well and do a lot of running, um, it just got worse and worse. Then there was a thing called, I think it was a chondra malacia or something like that, which is inflammation of the kneecap. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly getting bone chips and they get behind your kneecap and then it just rubs like that. It gets inflamed. It gets pitted. Then you have to go in and get your kneecap shaved all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the surgeons said, we, we just can't keep going in and shaving yeah. it every six weeks because your knee gets like a, it'll be like a cockle shell. It gets mm-hmm. too thin. So that was, um, yeah, that was a process basically that started when I arrived at Torrance. And then how did you go, I guess, getting through that from a playing perspective? Uh, It was frustrating because uh, you were never really at your best or or fit enough. Like, um, 83 was a great year. I was really fit. Daryl Schimmelbush had come to the club and um, he really believed in me. And it's amazing. Confidence is a Mm. huge thing in footy. We We all know that. You can just see someone blossom and we see it like Matt Kennedy that's been around for a while now at Carlton. And, you know, when you believe in yourself, you have a totally different attitude. You know, you could be running to a ball in front of a massive crowd on the wing. When you're a young fella, you think, don't stuff this up. You know, when you've got a few games under your belt, you're running, you're thinking, what am I going to do with it next? So it changes the mindset. So it was a frustrating period and, um, yeah, it's just the way it was, you know. A lot of players get injuries and it happened. Kimbo, stay with us. Uh, we're going to take a break and um, we're going to talk a little bit about your media career, mm. uh, but maybe, maybe part of the operation with your knee as well. And because mm. that was at the time, um, it was world first. I'm looking surgery. at you and I'm feeling Ray Martin. So. <laughs> uh, Kimbo's here. All thanks to BCE and CJ Electrical for all your electrical needs. Great supporters of the Woodville West Torrens Footy Club. And of course, for incredible smiles, get a more permanent fix. For missing teeth and dentures, check incrediblesmiles.com.au. Back after the break with more from Kim Dillon. This is Eagles Radio. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life. And My Money House, 
Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Eagles Radio at Studio Limo. Paul Bonzer, Jimmy Tumpus, and the great man Kim Dillon with us as well. All thanks to Kirkbrake Seafood. From the ocean to them to you. All right, uh, Tump, hit him with it. Well, we just ended the last segment on, on your knee, and I want to sort of delve deeper into that. Um, talk to us about that groundbreaking world first surgery that you went through. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. Um, I think I'd actually announced my retirement because I, I, I just couldn't run anymore. And I think I'd had the last six or seven operations with a, a surgeon called Greg Keane, who has since started up Sports Med. Mm-hmm. So I often tell him that I paid for that. Um, yeah, but it, it, it was funny. Um, it was about 11 o'clock one night on a Sunday night and I received a phone call and he was very well spoken, obviously very educated. And no mobile phones then, Tump. It was the home phone and I picked it up and um, he said, oh, Kim, it's Dr. Greg Keane here. <laughs> and anyway, he just said, uh, how would you feel about some experimental surgery? And I said, what do you mean? And he explained because my problem was bone on bone and a cartilage acts as a cushioning agent. And um, he said, look, there's no guarantees, but would you be interested? And I can remember I said, if you take my leg off at the hip, replace it, and I can run faster, I'll have a crack. (laughs) So um, it wasn't that simple, though. Uh, It involved a transplant, so we needed someone to pass away and have permission from their family um, to grab the cartilage from them. And we had to get permission from the Australian government because you can't do experimental surgery. So it was quite a process. Uh, Greg Keane, the doctor, he went away to Canada and did experimental surgery on a ox knee and a dog's knee. Then we had to get the, I don't know if it was Flinders or Adelaide, I think it was Adelaide University to actually make the right instruments because they were different instruments to do the surgery. So then I walked around with a pager. I think it was about five, six months. We had two false alarms and work had given me permission because I'd have to go in straight away. And then the, the pager went off one day. I rang the surgery and they said, look, someone's passed away and we think they're the right size, similar body shape to you and blah, blah, blah. So we went in and it was about a five or six uh, hour operation and then um, had to have the leg in a brace and not put it on the ground for about six months and um, never played again. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, that you think these days that the ACL injuries and they, they want to get the knee movement moving as quickly oh, as possible yeah, exactly. and uh, uh, it's a completely different area, isn't totally it? Totally different. Totally different. So, yeah, that, that was it. But, um, look, we had a crack. So that, that gave you the opportunity to enter into the media. And how did, how did that all come about for you? Um, I think that was after I announced the – I played my last game against Woodville. And, uh, Tump, you're having injuries at the moment, mm-hmm. and I'm not forecasting that you're going to retire next yeah, I hope week. Not. <laughs> no, I, I definitely am not. But you hear people saying when you know the right time. And uh, I knew we played uh, Woodville at um, Football Park. And I played as a former permanent forward pocket because I wasn't training. I used to swim on a Monday and Tuesday a lot of times, train on the Thursday, play on the Saturday, get the knee drained on the Sunday to get all the fluid out of it. <laughs> it's just silly, the things yeah. we did. And a lot of people were doing this. Mm. And, you know, I was far from the only one. Um, yeah, and I, I just knew. I just um, I thought, no, nah, a, a really bad game. I thought, this is embarrassing. It's, you're letting the team down. Uh, so I said to Glenn Elliott at the time, that's it. And um, I got a phone call from a gentleman called Wayne Christian, who was running sport at Channel 7 at the time. And uh, he said, would you like to call a game? So I called a game. And ironically, it was between the Eagles and Sturt at Unley Oval. The very next week, they sat me in a, with a backpack. I didn't realise, Bonds, as you would know, I had to go up the top. There's actually an area designated for commentators. 
they said, just go up the stand. So I sat in the stand with everyone, annoyed the hell out of everyone, calling the game by myself. So you did So you did the game by yourself? Yep. And they cut up just a few highlights. And okay. they used it as a third game because there used to be two matches of the day. Right. Right. So, you, so that's how it started. Um, and then you ended up at the ABC for, for quite a few years? Uh, I had a couple, two years at the ABC, yeah. I think. I did two years at Channel 7, uh, which was good. And they gave me a little bit more work. Still had the day job. Went to the ABC. And then they asked if I'd fill in for Mark Aston to do some news reading. Well, actually, the big moment was... ABC had the footy rights and so too did Channel 7 and they were on at the same time. And uh, the ABC would never outrate a commercial station. Now, I did it with Mark Aston, and it was a dream for me because Mark didn't know a great deal about football. So I'd give him the questions to ask me. So I looked a genius. I knew all the answers. <laughs> but we actually outrated Channel 7, so which I didn't understand all the ratings back then. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. We had two years there and then... Uh, I got a phone call from Channel 9 out of the blue and then I was there for 27 years. But it wasn't a planned career move and I wasn't busting my chops to get into it either. I actually tried to quit at one stage. And you, you touch on that. I mean, did you have a, a mentor throughout that commentator, particularly the early stages of your commentating career or particularly at Channel 9? Um, did you have someone mentoring you throughout that process? I think, Jimmy, when you watch, when you're a young Kid, or when you're playing footy, well, I loved it if Ian Day was calling the game along mm -hmm. with Peter Marker. So, you know, that was great. Yeah, he got the game of the day. No disrespect to the ABC, but they, yeah, they didn't even do justice to my goal of the, you know, against <laughs> 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 no, That was Roger Wills and Daryl Hicks, I think. So, um, yeah, I think you just listen to people and, yeah, just absorb as much as you can. It's, it's a funny industry at times. People can be very protective because they like to look after their own patch. Um, I'd like to think that I've certainly tried to help as many as I can uh, along the way. Well, you started it, I mean, around the time I was born. So there's been a, a fair Thanks, few years Jimmy. in between that time, Kimbo. <laughs> so just thought I'd point that out. What has been the biggest changes when you look back from when you started to now listening to the the likes of Kane Corns and, and Bucks and all the hoo-hahs going around now? Yeah, it's a lot different. It's certainly evolved. Uh, I can remember if you listen to games we called in the 80s or the 90s and uh, KG would be going crazy. Oh, I just saw something off the ball there, Kemba. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I'm calling and I'll go, well, what did you see, Kemba? Oh, I can't say. <laughs> well, hang on. I found coming just out of the game, and there is a game where I actually say that, and I'm thinking, and he probably thought I was a young upstart, upstart and I'm going, well, you saw it. Explain what happened. But... <laughs> There was that mentality you didn't throw people under the bus and things like that. But um, it's a different world now and there, there's so much coverage of the game and everyone's trying to make a career out of it. And there's plenty of room for plenty of people to make a living out of it. But, you know, I think there's different ways you go about it. I think you can still have an opinion without being rude or nasty about something. Um, I think respect still goes a long way. Um, 27 years at Channel 9, mm. outstanding career there. Uh, some of the highlights and maybe your thoughts on when it ended. <laughs> You're looking for a headline. Bob, no, not at all. Not at all, know. mate. Just uh, Look, very fortunate. I said it was round and I'd been at nine for a couple of years and I, I genuinely nearly gave it away. They offered me a lovely contract and I just said, I don't know if I want to really do it. I missed being with all the boys at the footy club. Yeah. And I want to get back down there with the late, great Bobby Enright, you know, with Blazer and Scruffy and all the boys. And the West Orange Footy Club was a great social club, probably why they didn't have a lot of success back then. But, um, 
yeah, and then they um, they upped the offer and it just sort of evolved. But I was very fortunate. Um, it was a different era then. Uh, you'd get flown everywhere in a helicopter yeah. and we'd do live coverage of Oak Bank on the Saturday and the Monday with the late and great Kevin Sattler and Wayne Phillips, Flipper, who was playing for Australia at the time. He'd look after the bookies board. We'd, we'd, the station would just throw you in a chopper back then and throw you in a chopper back. And the Grand Prix was around then. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was exciting. I used to pinch myself. I always felt very privileged to be able to go in there and punch in my little four-digit number that gave me access because it was beyond my imagination as a kid to do something like that. And and any highlights from working at nine? I think, look, there were great days. The uh, KG's footy show, the big replay and... You know, the late, great David, I'm saying this a lot about people, but we've lost a few lately. Doing that with David Hooks on a Saturday night, the Sunday morning footy shows, which is no different to what Nine does now, but it was, you know, it was a South Australian show, so all that stuff. Um, Yeah, it was wonderful. And doing the news, to be able to sit on the news desk with Kevin Crease and Rob Kelvin for so many years and Georgina McGuinness or Georgina Thomas or Georgina Allen when she started. (laughs) (laughs) Although, look, I I was blessed. Um, Look, I wasn't happy with the ending, but you don't get to write your own ending. That happens in football. It happens in life. I thought it was poorly handled, but we had new owners. They were our fourth owners. They've got every right to make what decision they want. And um, the ratings vindicate whether it was right or wrong. Well said. <laughs> well said. Comment, isn't it? I like that. And that's, that's the headline we need, isn't it? That's all it is. No, but it sounds, it sounds sour grapes if yeah. you do it. So I of think course. I was very dignified yes. with the way I went out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yep. throw in the odd barb now and again as a joke. <laughs> but, um, no, they, they started losing by about 80,000. And then <laughs> there's another one. And now we're into SEN and, and AFL Nation. Kimo, yep. how do you like that? And, and tell us more about. Roach. I mean, we hear him all the time. We see him all the time. Probably a bit too much my liking, but that's okay. Well, I tell you what, Tom, imagine how I felt when he was chief <laughs> footy right at the advertiser. Like, you know, we genuinely did not really get on. I couldn't work him out. And um, and I thought it was wrong. And I remember speaking up publicly when I was working at Triple M that uh, I said, I picked up the paper today and uh, nine out of the 14, whatever the figure was, footy stories are written by the one person. And I, he was genuinely hard on the crows. And I thought that uh, it was with an agenda. And I've had that out with him on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get him in the right mood, he half concedes that. But I also acknowledge that it's hard when you're writing in a one-paper town and searching for that headline mm-hmm. because it's a business. You have to sell the papers. But, uh, yeah, I never thought that uh, we'd end up working together. But that was um, – I remember ringing up uh, Craig Hutchison after he approached me, our, our fearless leader, and I rang him up one Saturday afternoon and said we, we were thinking of getting someone just out of the game. And uh, I just said to him, look, I've just finished my shift at double A and we had a bloody good three hours. The answer might be in front of us. Why not the Rooch? And, and Craig said, uh, Kimbo and the Rooch. I like it. And, uh, yeah, so we've been doing it for four years now. Four years, a great job. Kimbo, look, it's, we've got to take another break. And I yep. just want to thank you for coming on tonight. And, and, and it's been a great chat. We could keep going for another half hour at least. Uh, so maybe. Well, not really. Maybe I only played 63 games. So. Yeah, but no. 68 but... goals. <laughs> 63 games. Yeah. <laughs> been an absolute pleasure, mate. And thanks. Uh, we, we we really do appreciate it. And we hope the Eagles fans uh, got a bit of an insight to Kim yeah. Dillon. Thank you, Bonds. And Tump, and uh, my pleasure to be here. And don't be so nice to me. It makes me feel awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Three-quarter time on the show. And then after the break, it's the Good Life Injury Report. And what's coming up? at the club in the next few weeks. This is Eagles Radio. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. 
for Normous Homes. Build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Eagles Radio into the last quarter, and it's all thanks to Normous Homes building a better life. Paul Bonzer here with Jimmy Tumpus. Uh, Tom, you, you've done a great job so far. I appreciate Three that, quarters mate. in. Thank you. Just got to finish strong, all right? Yeah, nerves have calmed down a little bit, so all I should right. be okay. That's good. How good was Kimbo? He's unbelievable. I just said to you just off air then, I could listen to him talk for hours, so I uh, love hearing him talk. Yeah, it was great. All right, injury update. Thanks to Good Life Health Clubs. Uh, start feeling good with Good Life. Um, now, let's go. We, we know about you. You're hopefully the week after next. Yep. Yeah, and then you'll be back fit and firing. Uh, Nutsy Orman will be back this week. The big dog. Redo. Redo, how's he going? He's going well. He has had had some groin hip injuries, yep. um, and it's been ongoing for the last few weeks. So hoping to get him back maybe after the next buy. Um, but he's moving well at the moment. It's just still a little bit of pain, but he's not too far away. What about Troy Menzel? Troy is an interesting one. He's very, very close. He's probably on a similar pattern to myself with his knee injury, so hurt that against Norwood. Um, moving exceptionally well. We had some match play at training last night, and by gee, he was moving well. So it's if been not, amazing. Yeah. The talk was ACL, and all of yeah. a sudden. He's back. Yeah. I know. He's absolutely risen from nowhere. So he's um, super talent. I think we probably need him in our forward line. All right, uh, Jesse Lonigan, do we know shoulder-wise? He's yeah. another one or two weeks away. It was a grade three AC joint, so avoided surgery, which was great. And that was the main thing. It's probably just giving him the confidence now to start taking some hits. So I would suggest he'll be back in the next week or two. All right, that's the injury report, injury report thanks to Good Life Health Clubs. Good Life Health Clubs, good for tightening the belt and good for life. Start your five-day free trial today. Visit goodlife.com.au. Now, our next home game, it's a big game. It's our very first official night game I know. at Mortine Care. Good. And we take on the Adelaide Crows, who are playing some pretty good footy. Yeah, they're going to be pretty strong come Friday night. I don't think they had many injuries from an AFL Perspective over the weekend. Um, I know the AFL side will play on the weekend, so they may have to carry over a couple of players, but they're going to be bloody strong. They're playing some very good offensive footy at the moment. Um, and then defensively, we know they're they're pretty handy as well. So uh, they'll have some handy team players in. Riley O'Brien, Matt Crouch, Billy Franton, you'd suspect was going to play against us. But like you said, first night game uh, at Woody Oval. I can't wait. I think there'll be a good crowd there too. You uh, hope so, yeah. It should, should be a fantastic night. Um, and don't forget uh, dinner this Friday night. You can book guest speaker is Brody Smith from Brilliant. the Adelaide Crows, a former Eagle, of course, yeah. himself. I saw a photo during the week. He looked about twelve in the photo Did in the Eagles jumper. Photo? Thing. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I think I don't think puberty hit him at that point, but <laughs> he's he's got a beard now, so he's going all right, Brody. Make sure you get your tickets to that as well. Um, yeah, really, I, I I can't stress enough. This is our very first night came. Get down there. It's going to be amazing. The light, the new lights are awesome, aren't they? Great to train under. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we've dealt with over the last few years, they've been pretty average. <laughs> it's been so, candlelight, yeah, really. When, when they crank them up, uh, it is epic down there. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get a good crowd um, and see a hopefully a good win. Mate, have you enjoyed tonight? Absolutely. I might, got, uh, we might take this conversation go. further. I need to take media up as a career. I love it. All right, well, we'll, get, we'll definitely get you back to go host. <laughs> Powley, your, your position's in trouble, mate, I think. Make it redundant. He's gone. <laughs> uh, and the club news is all thanks to Normous Homes. Are you driving home to Enormous Homes? Celebrating 30 years, Normous Homes building a better life. Well, Tom, it, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully you get back on the park, you know, as you said, not, not this game, next game. I'll be back and, soon, uh, hopefully. And play some good footy and three in a row. 
That'd be nice, cars, it? isn't it? Gee whiz. It's, um, it'd be a challenge, but it's exciting that we're close and we'll be good to it. Yeah. All right. Don't forget, you can join us again uh, next Tuesday night and every Tuesday night we are here. Um, and don't forget, book your dinners, book your luncheons at the club. Get along Friday night as the boys take on the Adelaide Crows at Mortine Care Oval. It's, uh, it's fourth playing second. We've got to beat them and get a uh, bit, bit higher up the ladder. Thanks again, Jimmy. It's been Pleasure. great having you here. We'll see you next Tuesday here on Eagles Radio.